0: You're listening to the Evolving Truths podcast featuring mother-daughter hosts Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, where honest and vulnerable conversations about personal growth create a connection between all of us.
1: You're invited to experience the transformation that occurs when we allow the truth of who we are to evolve.
2: Hello, you beautiful heart and soul. Welcome back to the Evolving Truths podcast. My name is Alexis Ray, and with me, as always, is my mama, the beautiful Shannon Day. Hello, mom.
0: Hi, Alexis. How are you doing today?
2: I am doing very well, actually. How are you? Good.
0: I'm doing well. I just got home from a few days of watching a new pup. She is new to Colorado and I got to introduce her to trails. So we did a couple trail runs and then she got to play in the water and she loved it. But I'm excited to be home and here chatting with you.
2: I commend you for how much you are able to keep your life going in other people's spaces with the amount of dog sitting that you do. I've said that before in the past, but Sometimes even when I hear your calendar of, oh, I'm going from this house to this house, it exhausts me just thinking about it.
0: Sometimes it does get a lot, but then you get you get puppy snuggles and that's amazing. How about you? What's going on in your life today?
2: I had a really nice morning, went to breakfast with a friend of mine. Coming out of this Labor Day weekend, I have done a good job of resting this weekend, which I'm really proud of myself for. We all know I tend to work a lot, so dedicated rest is important, and I feel like I've done a really good job of that, and I'm excited to be recording with you today and getting my week started because even though I work a lot, it's at least on things that I like and I enjoy, so I'm happy to be getting back to some of my productivity today. Nice.
0: Speaking of things that we enjoy, I'm very excited about the episode we're sharing today.
2: This episode was recorded in July with our good friend, Laura Williams, who joined us in season three to have a conversation about the journey of living our most authentic lives. And this conversation, which turned into two parts, took a lot of different turns than what I think anyone was expecting to discuss.
0: Agreed. It was a challenging conversation and one that hit me in a lot of ways. I definitely wasn't expecting, but we're excited to share it. And we'll definitely make sure we put Laura's contact information in the show notes again because she is amazing. If you're in the Northern Colorado area and need the best uh, realtor, reach out to her. I say, without any further ado, Lexis, let's share this
2: conversation. Laura Williams, welcome back to the Evolving Truths podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me back.
0: I'm so excited to be here again. We loved our conversations with you last time. I heard from listeners about how much they enjoyed the conversation and appreciated the vulnerability in the conversation, and I'm looking forward to that happening again.
2: Laura, what's going on in your world? Anything fun happening right now? Some fun things.
1: My my sister just was out here for a week visiting from Ohio, and it was a really wonderful, vac- uh, wonderful visit. I think we talked a little bit last time just about how she and I are really growing our relationship, and it was just as good as I could have hoped it would be. There was a lot of really good healing conversations a lot of sharing of kind of like our memories and our experiences growing up in the same house but she's four and a half years older than me and so her memories and experiences are a little bit different from mine and some of them are quite a bit different from mine so it was really cool to have some time just the two of us because She's got kiddos who who are adults now, but you know, usually I'm back there in Ohio and you know, my mom's there, my brother's there, the kids are there, everybody, you know, aunts and friends and family. And so you don't usually get those kind of in-depth conversations that can happen on the one-on-one basis. So we had a couple, we had some time to do that. So that was just lovely. Also, we just had some fun. We went to the Indigo Girls concert, which was a freaking blast. And that's something that we've always shared, even as different as we have been growing up. Our love of the Indigo Girls has been constant. And so it was just so cool to be there with her. We talked later about, I was like, that was church. We were in church uh-huh. <laughs> that concert. And I think everybody was in church. <laughs> Shannon, you were there. Did you feel like anything special? I guess I'm going to out you that you're not, you didn't know much about the Indigo Girls before you were at that
0: show. Uh, <laughs> anything changed since you went? <laughs> oh, that's funny. I was going to say too, that it was really fun because I got to hang out with you too. And I have a really fun video of Laura and her sister dancing to a song. Like they knew every word and they were both just <laughs> dancing. I think live music is so real. Like, it gets you to the core and while no i'm i knew some of their songs i wouldn't necessarily say i'm a fan what i really enjoyed about the experience one it was a great venue it ended up being a beautiful night mm-hmm. the company was amazing the crowd there was amazing getting to talk with different people to hear what their music meant to them and the different times in their lives that it touched them. That was really cool. I took notes. There were times (laughs) the song would come and Laura would be like, Shannon, this one. And I'd get the (laughs) song and put it in my phone and my other friends I was with, and they'd be like, get this song if I really liked something so that I could look it up and listen to it again and pay attention to the lyrics. So for me, that was a fun experience because a lot of time with concerts, you tend to enjoy them more, the more that you know the music. I would say I had just as much fun and it was really a learning experience. I don't know, Laura, if you remember this or not, but we were having this conversation about me and the Indigo Girls and you were like, oh man, if you like this, Shannon, your world's about to open up with music. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. I I mean it. I mean it. We've met your mom and yeah. then getting to meet your sister and chat with her a bit and see you two together. That was heartwarming for me.
1: Yeah, it was really special. We both agreed we could have used
0: another week together. Oh, Life that's amazing.
2: Was was this the night that everyone's talking about being hungover from?
0: Uh, yes. I don't know that that part needs to go in here.
2: <laughs> like, I didn't realize that that was the concert night. I thought it was like the following night. No, that was Thursday night. night. Oh, so girl, you girls it raged. It was really good then. Yeah.
1: Well, it's hard to go to a concert at a craft brewery. There were drinks had for sure. They but knew what
2: I, they were doing.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I went to that show in, in, making sure that I was going to remember it. I've had, you know, experience where I'm like, hmm, I don't really quite remember how that ended. (laughs) And this was definitely something that I was like, there's no way I'm going to mess around and not remember this. So I took it easy in the beginning. And then of course, we had some celebratory dance parties
2: afterwards. I think that's an amazing baseline. I want to be able (laughs) to remember this. That's how I (laughs) felt last year on my birthday. I didn't drink. And that was because one, I didn't want to hang over. And two, I wanted to be present for all of it. The best way that I could so that's awesome
1: I definitely struggle with like anxiety and worry and regret not regret but like kicking myself or things I said or just being like oh I'm gonna mill that over and over in my head and something I've really been working on lately and this isn't really anything profound but it's hit me recently that this is the only moment I get like Mm -hmm. I don't know that in I don't know that I'm gonna have tomorrow I don't know that I'm going to have 20 minutes from now when I'm running late and I'm thinking about the people that are waiting on me, how, how they're going to be upset with me. Well, I might not even get there. So I have just really been trying to live in this present moment in in that way of like like there's no reason for me to be worrying about future things uh, because I might not even get there. So how can I make this moment? the very best moment. I was listening to Natasha Leone on Armchair Expert. It was an old episode from like 2018 or something. And she was talking about that and it just really stopped me in my tracks. And it hit me like, it's funny to me when something you've heard a million times, then all of a sudden it gets through. And that was that day. And so I've really been trying to, to feel that way and to live that way and to be more present It sounds so cliche, but it's really sinking in for me right now.
2: Well, today that we are recording this episode, it is the anniversary of my car accident. And I really wasn't planning on bringing this up, but you just mentioned living in the present. And I so deeply resonate with that. And coming off of the accident, I still feel as if I'm living on borrowed time in the sense of my accident could have been so much worse, right? Like we could have been on the other side of the road, on the river side of the mountain. We could have gone even further and freaking have to get, you know, jaws of life out of the car. Like none of that ended up being the case, but regardless of the severity, I live with it every single day. And one of those things is just knowing that every day is a gift. Every moment is a gift and our clocks are (laughs) counting down. And like you said, you don't know when that's going to expire. It could mm-hmm. be 20 minutes from now. It could be 20 years from now. But there's nothing promised. And what it's meant in my life is just stop waiting. If you're unhappy with something today, do something to change it. Because I don't want to waste any more time in that space. Or if mm-hmm. I'm happy with something, like I want to do whatever I can to continue to practice and replicate that over and over again. Time is the most precious asset on this earth you can't get more of it you can't borrow it once it's gone it's gone so thank you for saying that and don't even beat yourself up that it took you hearing it one more time in a different way from one more person because we're all human and it does take hearing it at the right time at the right place in the right variable of your life to really be able to apply it and maybe all the times before that you did hear it that just wasn't The glove to fit, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I like that idea of when I have an aha moment like that, I'm like, thank goodness that I got it. Like, oh man, this is when I needed to hear this. And this is the day that it was going to make the difference for me. And this is the moment that it's going to be the change in my life. I've been having those kind of moments more and more, it seems like. And I don't know necessarily what that is. I don't know why, but it feels like those recognitions are happening more abundantly for me and I'm loving it.
2: I'm just going to take that as a lead into our topic for today because I think it has absolutely 100% to do with the fact that you are on a mission to be living your most authentic life. And the reason I hear that overlap is because in my related chapter of emotional becoming, which is what I call uncovering my true authentic self, that is how I felt all the time. And then Mm -hmm. I would say it to my mom and I'd be like, mom, I just this moment, like, and <laughs> it felt like it was happening constantly, and I was flying high, and it was awesome. So, I can just totally tell you, as a fellow person on this crazy journey of life, these mile markers that you feel like you're passing, or trailheads, as we've talked about them in the past, like, love them, embrace them, accept them, implement them, and let's keep talking about living authentically because you're gonna keep having more and it makes me so excited for you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited too, for sure.
0: So how would you define authentic? Great question. Um, I feel
1: like it is a comfort and a, a knowing, like I don't, like there's nothing else to be. There's no need for a performance or a plan i think ooh that thinking about a plan i have spent a lot of my life trying to prepare for something like like trying to consider all of the options like what what are all the possibilities that might happen in this certain scenario or i i've labeled it kind of like i'm i'm always looking at what's the worst case scenario And not in the like, well, what's the worst case scenario? Like, what's the worst that could happen? But in the, okay, what's the worst that could happen? (laughs) Like, there's a thing that's the worst thing. And that's the thing I'm planning for. And I'm recognizing, well, first of all, there's no point, right? Because I may not get there. But I have like all these conversations in my head. I used to have arguments in my head with people, people that didn't exist people that did exist i'm like preparing my comebacks to these conversations that are not happening and that was me feeling insecure about what i was bringing to the situation and or feeling like i wasn't doing the right thing and i knew it so i was figuring out how to have some kind of comeback or plan so living authentically feels like the opposite of that like i'm just here And this is enough. I think it just feels like I don't have to figure out a way to interact. Like I don't have to come up with a a playbook. I'm going to get to the situation and I will know what to do because I will be being myself and I will be being authentic. And that's a comfort. And I will feel, I'll know if it's right and authentic because it will feel easy And not like easy, like simple, but like an ease of just being. And that feels so much better. It feels like so much more peace. Yeah, I think that's kind of how I'm
0: feeling about it. I love that the first word you said was comfort. I felt that because if this is me and we're okay with that and show up as that, We don't have to defend ourselves. We don't have to defend our actions. We're gonna own when we screw something up, but the screwing something up isn't gonna be the fact that we're the us, that I'm me. Right? (laughs) Like I I really appreciate you too saying I'm enough. Mm. And part of being authentic is being able to recognize that, get to that point. And then own that in the spaces that you occupy.
2: I'm curious if I could share this and if you too resonate with this, with your experiences of stepping into yourselves. But for me, when I was really starting to realize that it was time for me to live my life according to what I wanted, as opposed to what I thought the picture was or what I thought the expectations were or like what I thought other people wanted me to be doing. And I'm not sure if that came from my family structure. I'm not sure if that totally came from the religious upbringing that I originally had. That was like kind of the principles and foundation of what our family dynamics were until I got older. But it was like all of a sudden I had this realization that I could actually do what I wanted to do and that I needed no one else's permission And I was, you know, 27, 28, 29 as I was starting to have these realizations. And so as you're saying, Laura, like comfort, it just feels good. Like that hits for me because my initial reaction is all the things that made me feel friction in my body. Like initially it would manifest like in my chest or I had rashes or like some other physical manifestation of what I was doing. I love that you said comfort because it's the opposite of how I was feeling like literally every day in my own skin.
1: I could always recognize it in other people when I could tell that they were being that they just were genuinely like existing as themselves like there's you there's they're not stressed like as an empath I feel like I can take on what I can hear and feel what is going on for other people and I could certainly Recognize just like, oh, that person is just they're not worrying about anything else. They're not busybodying around. They're just being and that was attractive to me. It is attractive to me. And so I I think that I could recognize it in others. And now I'm hoping that I'm an example for that to others. To just be have some peace. Like that's yeah, just some peace. And and I recognize for myself too like if I'm feeling like stirred up or like I gotta do something or you know just do it if I if it's if you know if it's healthy and safe and kind or whatever just go ahead and do it so it's not in my head anymore I think sometimes that's a form of authenticity like my dear sister she was talking about we were at a friend's house and everybody had eaten and then we just kind of put the leftovers on the counter and we're all sitting outside but the dog was like a dog that would get up and eat that stuff. So she said she found herself thinking about it. She's trying to, you know, talk with everybody and have a conversation, but she just kept thinking about it. And so she was like, why am I doing this? I'm just going to go in there, put away the leftovers and be done with it. And I'm like, yeah, that's your authentic self. Like you're worried. You care about this dog. You're concerned about, you know, a dog eating something that it shouldn't eat off the counter, which is very honorable. Instead of sitting here and feeling like, she can't be present, like go do that thing. And then you can come back here and be present. And so that was a real lesson for me just this week of like, I, I definitely do that. I think about things. I think I spin, I spin, I spin. And a lot of times it just takes taking an action. And then if my authentic self is worrisome and doing this thing is going to help me not be so worried right now, then that's okay. I do that thing.
2: <laughs> that was good. That's good. It's so true. I mean, even last summer when mom and I were talking about building habits and it was like, okay, if I'm beating myself up for not reading the books that I have on my nightstand and every time I go lay down and I see those books there and I'm like, oh, I really should read and I don't like, then just move the books, right? (laughs) Like, take away the thing that you're beating yourself up for because clearly that's not a priority for you right now. And that's okay. When I think about stepping into our most authentic selves is feeling like a mask, like you're not having to perform anything anymore. And I don't know if I would really call that a mask or a veil or whatever, but the performance aspect of what it means to show up as a human in your day-to-day life or play a character or, or something like that goes away. And just the ability to be like, this is it. This is me. Take it or leave it. And I'm going to be just fine if you leave because that obviously means we're not meant to be. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. I can be grateful for the things that I got out of this chapter or this relationship or this job, and I'm ready to go embrace what's next.
0: I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this analogy, but when we think about worrying about something or just giving it constant thought, if you think about it like using a rocking chair to get yourself from point A to point B and you're sitting in the rocking chair with all those thoughts and you are rocking, rocking, Mm. rocking, rocking, but you can rock as hard as you want. Rocking in that rocking chair isn't going to get you from this side of town to the next side of town, right? It's like rocking chair stays right there. It may shift a little bit depending on how hard you're rocking, but it's action that doesn't really move you forward. So for me, especially when I find myself sitting in that space, really worrying about something or thinking about something a lot, and especially thinking about past things that can't be changed, beating (laughs) myself up about them, thinking about that rocking chair analogy is a good way to bring myself back to the present. And from that rocking chair, when you talk about just do it, so get out of the rocking chair and take the action, Laura, you're in this group. We have a group that we meet weekly, it's our accountability group, just getting started like that a lot of times is the hardest part. And so I love the example you gave of your sister and how this simple thing that took her five minutes that she was able to come back and enjoy the rest of the evening Opposed to if she wouldn't have done that, how much of the rest of the evening she would have missed out Mm -hmm. on. So I appreciated both of those things and made me think about the rocking chair and the fun group. that we. Where
2: where did you get that rocking chair from? I've never heard you say that before, and I'm loving it.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to say maybe Papa, maybe my dad. He was always a big one for analogies and giving you real life things that you could think about. I probably didn't really appreciate them when I was younger, but (laughs) as I've gotten older, I appreciate them more now.
2: Living our most authentic selves in this season of life. I want to clarify that too, because we've defined what we think living authentically means for each one of us. And that could change. I'm not going to say that we're having this conversation on this date, and this is the definition for each one of us for the rest of time. That's going to evolve. But when you think about some of the things that have come out of it so far, one thing that really happened for me was relationship boundaries and having to get super solid about those. And that was friends, coworkers, between myself and my unhealthy work habits, which that's relationship in my mind, relationship with family members. That was really one of the first things that I had to get my bucket in order when I started embracing my authentic self. And so I'm curious for either one of you, was there something in particular that really started? And I guess mom, like I think of your chapters of coming out of the separation and divorce and watching you really embrace the chapter of life of mindfulness and what that's now evolved into in your life. Like that's maybe the time frame that I think of when I first think of you, like embracing your authentic self, just for a frame of reference, since I've because you've lived many chapters of life. I mean, we all have. Let me not say it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. What What are you saying? Oh my gosh. We have a comment here about my H. No, girl, that's not what I'm trying to say. You're the wisest example we have on this panel today, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. On this podcast. Yeah, this podcast panel. But the reason I say that is because watching you go through that season was the first female example that I had. And even though it took me several years before I understood it, could acknowledge it, could Mm. recognize the work that you were doing, and then be able to say like, oh, I want to do that. I want to be like that. Like, oh, that was just my roadmap created for me. that's why I'm saying like that particular season of your life to me is what I think of when I really think of when you got to start embracing your most authentic self.
1: Can I add to that this makes me think of Shannon how when I met you you had a certain mindset about people relationships you were willing to learn and listen and you had some rigid thinking that I remember being like oh oh, we got to teach her. Oh, it's just a matter of time. She's going to have to change that to be in whatever we were doing in supporting survivors of violence. You are such a strong-willed, brilliant woman. And to watch you embrace the idea of maybe I do have some learning and growth. Maybe this is not where I end up. I feel like that goes along, Lex, with what you're saying about like, that journey of self understanding and self growth, but the willingness to learn even from younger people and people with way less experience in life than you is beautiful. That is such a lesson and an example to all of us. Like we think we know something and gosh, we just have to continue to be willing to learn. So I don't, I hope that doesn't throw off track what, Lexi you were saying but that that just yeah that's an example for all of us
2: i could go back to my original question now that you know what time frame i want you to particularly talk about for this conversation i do think
0: sometimes it does take a really big event in life to make us look at what we're doing and how we're doing it to ask ourselves is this really how and what I want to be doing. I would say prior to even the separation and divorce, Laura, I appreciate you bringing this up because the first time that I went and applied to volunteer at the domestic violence shelter, I was in my thirties and I went in, in the manner, Laura, that you described me When you met me, I went in with that attitude and was told by the volunteer coordinator, like, thanks, but no thanks. We don't need you to volunteer here. And here's a couple books we suggest you read. When we talk about the journey to becoming our authentic self or even examining ourselves to see where we're at with things, that for me was really big. Because I was like, you're a nonprofit. (laughs) Just heard your executive director speak. I know you need volunteers. I clearly know what to tell these individuals experiencing violence so that they don't have to be in this situation. So how on earth could you not want me? That for me was a trailhead. Mm -hmm. I got to choose at that point which trail I was going to take. Was I going to take the one that said, well, screw you, safe house, and stay in my ignorance about what the issue around domestic violence is and my belief in the myths about it and everything else that that goes with it? I could have done that. And I did leave very much with that attitude, but then I sat with it for a little bit and I thought they don't want me. She said, read these books. I guess it won't hurt me to get a book. So I got the book. Little did we know. So I got the book. I was probably halfway through the book when I was like, holy shit. I have no clue. This issue is so much bigger than what I thought. I need to learn more. Coming to that realization, I went to the safe house and interviewed again. That time they felt, okay, let's go ahead and give this woman a chance to go through volunteer training. And I went through volunteer training. Laura and I actually were in the same training. You were there as a staff member and I was there as a future volunteer. And I still kept some of those thoughts and beliefs and ideas. For me, that was really pivotal because it changed a lot of the core beliefs that I had about family structure, what healthy relationships look like, issues that people face and why, and that it's not always because of something that they've done. Like it, it really, I would say, rocked me to my core. And I learned so much working there. I was like the oldest person at the shelter. Everyone I worked with were young, so much so that the majority of them called me Mama Shan. And to this day, a lot of them still do. I learned more there from Laura and the other individuals that I worked with. I feel like then I could have shared with them. Maybe we're equal. It's not a competition, but I know that I learned just as much as any of them. I feel like they've learned from me. So... That to me was really pivotal. And the next pivotal thing that happened was the separation and the divorce and really dropped me to my knees. I mean, shook my confidence to the core and made me think more about not just going through the motions in life. I love the movie Rent. One of my favorite songs is Seasons of Love they say, 525,600 minutes, how do you define a year? And so really starting to think about how do I want to live my life and doing so in a way that's not running from things, that's not, well, maybe if I go by this, I'll feel better. Maybe if I lose weight, I'll feel better. Maybe if have these beverages, then I won't have to feel anything. Just really sitting in that very raw space. And I think that this journey to becoming our most authentic self, while it may not always require big smacks like that, things that are quite that painful... And it actually would be better sometimes if it didn't, because how much more could we all get from life and enjoy it if we didn't need something like that to get us to that point? But in my case, it did. And I would say, I'm still on the journey.
2: I don't know that it ends. Amen. It's definitely a continuation because once you start, it's like piece by piece. For me, it was, I had to get my like emotional self in order. And that's where the relationship boundaries came in. I was not okay in my heart and soul emotionally because I had traumas to heal. I had codependency habits that I needed to unlearn. I had a lot of emotional (laughs) work that I needed to do. And then once I moved through that chapter... It was telling my therapist, okay, I'm feeling good about who I am emotionally. Now I'm ready to bring my career into my most authentic self. And that has been the mission over this last year. And I'm still on that journey. And while I'm bringing my career into alignment, I'm balancing the emotional authenticity that I worked two years on specifically. So yeah, it's a continuation. I agree. I expect
1: to never stop this journey. I I hope I'm never like... Oh, yeah, I got this. I've arrived. I know there will be times where I think I don't need to learn anything, and I'm sure that I do that on a regular basis. I struggle big time with wanting people to think I know stuff. And so to be able to say like, "Oh, I didn't know that or tell me more, or to just like change my attitude internally to listen instead of being like I might look like I'm listening, but interior inside, I'm like, well, oh, that's cute that you think you're teaching me something, you know, like there's still times that I'm like that. So for me to be able to do that less and, and to honor that part of me that I know why I feel like I need to look like I'm smart and know stuff and that's okay. That part protected me and protects me sometimes in new situations But also I can give that part a rest. And so I hope I can give that part a rest more and more
2: because I love learning.
1: I love asking questions. I love being curious. I love it when someone is willing to stop and explain and teach me something. And I'm excited about that. Shannon, when you were talking about, we called you Mama Shan. And Lex, when you were saying that when you watched your mom take these steps towards her more authentic self that that was a pivotal moment for you to see man what's more mothering than that like what is more exactly what a mother is supposed to be than let me show you how to live authentically let me show you how to give and receive and be genuine and make mistakes and learn from them as much as you were learning you were teaching and and you continue to do that what a what a beautiful mother
2: mom i am so grateful for the example that you have laid for me i'm so grateful for the example that you have lived for me because you lived it you laid the groundwork So I could follow in your steps and I'm really grateful that I've had you to support me during my journey of living my most authentic life. Thank you, Lexis.
0: We both learned a lot going through it. Looking back, there are things I definitely could have done differently. To me, what's most important is here we are. I love you. I'm very proud of you. And I love the work that we've done to be here today.
2: Same girl. If that's not the epitome of an evolving truth.
0: (laughs) Ah, Truth. And there's more. So make sure you remember to join us next week.
2: For the next episode, which has the second part of this conversation with Laura in it. And
0: more evolving truths.
2: If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone that you would like to have a conversation with. If mom and I are totally your cup of tea, leave a five-star rating on the show on whatever platform you are listening, follow the show, and we will be back next week. Until then, please remember, life is beautiful and you create the magic. Have a good one.
0: Connect with Shannon and Alexis and the Evolving Truths community by visiting evolvingtruthspodcast.com. Links are in the show notes. The artwork for this project was created by Julie B. Salazar and is entitled Celebration from the Inner Landscape Print Series. The Evolving Truths podcast is produced and edited by Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, recorded from the Corner Studio in conjunction with Alexis Ray
1: Enterprises, LLC.